I'm Brett Bella. I'm Sue Doy. These are the Reinvention Chronicles. back after a bit of a break. Yep, a little bit of a break. We promised uh, an episode every month. We're almost keeping to that. Life gets no, in the way, not. but okay, well, we're trying anyway. <laughs> we're thinking about it. <laughs> we, are, we are thinking about it. Thank you for being there. Uh, we are, of course, talking about reinvention. We're both going through a reinvention uh, uh, in our lives. Uh, I'm going back to school. I'm back at school now at uh, British Columbia Institute of Technology. And Sue, you Still are reinventing. Reinventing, yeah. Um, and I'm excited to talk about uh, a book that I I think is the like the one book that we were looking for. Which is interesting because we both said at the beginning of this, and I remember we this did. that there's no manual for this. There's yeah. no uh, there's no how to guide. There's no, and that's part of the reason why we wanted to talk about it and, and do a podcast is because there's not a lot out there. But you found something. I found something. Actually, I think I was trying to remember how I came across this book, and I think it was Amazon fed it to me based on. Other searches. That's interesting. So, yeah, and I, um, I sort of, you know, downloaded a sample and ignored it for a while, and then forgot about it for a while, and then I picked it back up again in the fall, and it's, it's, it, it only came out uh, in 2018. So okay, so it's, it's a new book. It's new. Um, the book is called Switchers, and it's by uh, Don Graham. So D A W N. Uh, Graham, who, as it turns out, I guess is kind of famous. <laughs> she has like um, a serious XM uh, show called Career Talk. She has a TEDx talk that's available. Um, she also has uh, LinkedIn Learning, so the old Linda.com oh, yeah, yeah. course, which I think is just a, like a compressed version of, of what's in the book. She she has a psychology background, and she also has a like a career advisory background, and I think she teaches now as well. And so sounds like, kind of all in that coaching mold. That yeah, uh, for sure. But it's um she brings all of those different you know skill sets to bear in this book, and um and all of her prior lives sort of to bear. So I think one of the things that she did was she did some career advising at Wharton. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm going by memory here, so don't hold me to that. But um, uh, I think uh, I think I get the impression that this book is sort of the culmination of like all of those learnings that she had um, in her all of her prior lives. Interesting. It kind of takes us back to what you talked about a few episodes ago, uh, the learning loop, where you build on what you yeah. already know. Don't it's not a failure. You learn on you based on you, you advance your learning. Mm-hmm. Sounds like she's done a similar thing with her career. Yeah. So um, why don't I just give you the the highlights of the different sections that are in the book? This is um, notes. Yeah, kind of. There, there's just the sections, and then um, I I'm not going to try and do a summary of the whole book, um, but we'll talk through a couple of um, a couple of things that uh, really stood out for me, and I'll try and give you at least a sense of what's in the book, and um, and we can just sort of take the the chat from there. So uh, the sections are choose your switch, uh, clarify your plan A, craft your brand value proposition, create ambassadors, and keep the ball in your court. So uh, each of the chapters has a description of what it is that she's talking about. It's uh, a lot like those books that we talked about in the Books and Tools episode Mm -hmm. where there's homework to do. 
there this is not a book where you're just going to read you're not something. a passive reader you're you, in this, there actively this actually requires a lot of homework um but it's good homework that you need to do and then she very helpfully has a bunch of examples in and there. you've done a lot of the homework right you you, you know from i have i haven't completed everything um but uh i have i have worked through a lot of it yep and then it'll have uh, actions to take at the end, like it's your little to-do list, your little summary at the end of each chapter. So choose your switch, which isn't intuitive as to what that means. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no, means essentially it's kind of like harkening back to are you ready for reinvention? Um, it's uh, exercises and really taking a look at what sacrifices you're willing to take to, to like create this new career for yourself. Like some of the ones that we've talked about already, money. Um, timing timing yeah yeah and and then she is also like she when she's saying choose your switch the way she's kind of categorizing things is there's uh, um like are you switching industries or are you are you switching functions or are you switching both oh and the degree of difficulty of each of those switches is different because i can imagine switching industries you go from something where you're an expert so if you're a project manager yep and you've been in one industry your whole life and you want to switch industries, but you still want to do project management, that's one type of switch right. for her. But if you're a project manager and you really want to be... A teacher? A, yeah, exactly. Uh, you really want to get into training or something. Um, and you don't want to do it. You've been in mining your whole life and now you want to be in high tech. Then We're talking that's, about a huge that's switch. what she would call a double switcher. So switching industry, switching career. Yeah. And that sounds like the hardest. So, so let me take you through like one of the exercises yeah. for um, for this section. Um, it's uh, answering a bunch of these types of questions. So, are you willing to take a lower position? Go for. So, majority. basically, are you willing to start at the bottom rung again, or somewhere near it? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, are you willing to make switching a significant priority? So, like, how many hours per week are you going to spend on this? For hmm. example, assuming yeah, yeah. you're you know still working and. Um, are you willing to accept dead ends and rebuffs? Which I think is a really fantastic question. Th this journey will be full of a lot of those. Yeah, that's all about being told no. Yeah. What, you know, where's your energy and resiliency at? Yeah, how's your right? tolerance for being told no? Yeah, how dedicated are you to yeah. this? And are you willing to live off your savings like like we talked about before and for how long. Yeah. And then she also gets it. I want something I really appreciate about this book, which is different from all of the other ones that we talked about, I think, is that it gets into the neuroscience behind the position that you're going to be in as a career switcher or a or, re-inventor. Or um, and so it talks about how your brain is naturally resistant to change and um, how your brain uh, is programmed to be more concerned about losing something than it is about taking a risk to gain something. That's so that's loss aversion. Yeah. She talks about that a lot. E even if what you have is not yes. bringing a lot of pleasure anymore or motivation or you know, anything that brings joy, preserving that physiologically or neuro neurologically is more important than taking the risk. It's one of the things that has probably kept you where you are very interesting for longer and so we're, we're like remember when we talked back about like, like this is years in in the making for yes. us yeah. part of that is probably due to just you know that's the way your brain is yeah programmed. interesting mm -hmm. some other interesting points i love neuroscience 
um, are that uh, the brain detects negative information more quickly than positive or neutral information. Mm-hmm. And in relationships, it takes five positive interactions to overcome the effects of just one negative interaction. Interesting. So that I find really interesting. So if you think, if you reflect on your time with colleagues or with a boss, if you if the you know if one of them makes some sort of negative comment to you, even a little aside, nothing totally. frontal, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's in, yeah, I found that really interesting. It takes like five positive ones with that same person. Interesting, and it also comes back to uh, the the are you resilient and are you ready to, for the rejection and the no's that you're going to hear mm-hmm. it plays into what you just said. Yeah, like so the psychology behind um, this journey is she comes back to throughout um, this this entire book. And so a little bit later, we'll talk about um, uh, when you're actually into an interview situation, what's the what's the uh, hiring person thinking? Um, And that I found really super helpful. So I'll get into some detail on that a little bit later. The next thing I wanted to talk about is something that she spends a lot of time on, um, which is uh, figuring out your plan A. Mm -hmm. So plan A for her is um, the intersection of your expertise, your interests, and the market. So where that Venn diagram overlaps, that's your plan A. Um, And... I'll, I'll give you an example because I think it's easy, it's the this is an example from the book. I think it's the easiest way to to understand what it is that she means. So she says Greg built a career as a corporate attorney for a large pharmaceutical company in Boston, but wanted to be a product manager in San Francisco um, for a company that made wearable technology based health uh, care devices. So it's incredibly specific, um, and in one sentence captures the entire switch that he wants to make so her her um her contention is that it's and and this is uh, also reiterated throughout the book is that it's 100 percent your responsibility to break down your skills and rebuild them in a way that your new audience can understand and the plan uh, yeah the plan a is like the basis of all of this stuff so if you don't have your plan a it's hard to do the rest of the homework and at one point, uh, and at one point, you also said she doesn't don't have a plan B. I think was part of that plan A. Yeah, and that's like that's where she starts with the plan A is you can't dual track this. Like this, I mean, this is all her contention. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, she's saying you need to have a plan A. You can't have a plan B. You can't try and pursue two different things at once because a lot of what she's recommending is um, really going through your network. So when she says create ambassadors, it's really it's going through your network. In order for your network to be able to help you, they need to know what it is that you're looking for. Right. And, and so what your skills are, be, what you're bringing you, to the you table. You don't want to go to a contact and say, I really, really, really want to become um, a high school guidance counselor. And then two weeks later, come back and say, actually, you know what? I, I think I, I, I want to become a sign language interpreter. Do you have any contact? Both times, do you have any contacts that could help me? Yeah. Right? Like, that's, it's a good way to wear out your network. That's interesting. Go mm-hmm. all in. It is. It is. And that's, it's, it, it can be scary, right? Like. Yeah. Yeah. It can be scary to, 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 to not be open to opportunities. But, like, I, I, I see the value yeah. I see the value. And I think we've we've talked about on the podcast in the past, like 
you know, going going to people with a vague description of the skills that you want to use wasn't helpful for me. But when I actually gave an example. Um, yeah, when you made it concrete for them. Yeah. It became far more clear. Yeah. 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 And I think, and I, I dare say that the, not having a plan B, it's an interesting way of looking at it. I'm not sure that a lot of people would be comfortable. I'm not sure that I'd be comfortable, mm-hmm. like, not having a plan B, like, just all in on plan A. Mm-hmm. And yet... Um, it's intriguing, that idea. And it doesn't, you mentioned the the person in Boston, it perhaps doesn't have to be as specific as that. But um, maybe it, the plan A is, okay, I want to be an operations manager. Mm-hmm. And these are the skills I bring to bear. So you're not narrowing it down to one company. Right, yeah, that manufactures this specific type of thing. Yeah, yeah. that'd be pretty tough, I think. But yeah, agreed. And the other th- the other problem that I think um, exists with this, like, this type of really specific plan A is that it assumes that you're in markets that are big enough to... Support it. Have, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's, it's possible that you're in a smaller market and you can't be that specific because there's only one company that would fit that specific description of, of what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, and in so. Canada, you're talking maybe Toronto, Montreal... It really depends what you're yeah, after, it, it, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, and like, whether or not there's a, a cluster of organizations that are that are in there that space. Yeah, yeah. but um, but yeah. Anyway, the the whole foundation of what comes next and all the rest of the exercises really assume that you have your plan A sorted. Interesting. So that that's the homework that needs to be done for the rest mm-hmm. of the exercises after that. One of the other things that's that's in this section uh, is should I go back to school? Oh yeah. And this I found also super helpful because it, it, she in, she really encourages a lot of due diligence before you make that decision. Um, like a lot of homework on is it going to be worth the investment? Are you like do you know enough of about time, salaries? And- Are, do you know enough of, about salaries and what the market is is demand like what the market demand is going to be after you graduate to know whether or not it's going to be worth it for you to invest. Um, whatever it takes to go back to school. Um, And she says, you know, like, you're not going to know whether or not it's worth it to you unless you've tried it out. So figure out how you can do, you know, even a couple of days worth of unpaid internship, um, job shadowing, volunteer work, some sort of way of testing out whether or not you're right. And a a lot of the books that we've talked about have also said that. Yes. Um, But I think her her advice on this topic is, is more concrete. Yeah, because I, I think a lot of the books that we've looked at have been along the lines of talk to the people in the industry. It's part of the networking, of course. Yeah, um, how get, to do an informational interview. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this, you know, go spend two days does sound more concrete. Yeah. Um, perhaps harder to pull off because you have to find the people willing to take you in for a couple of days, but certainly more concrete, yeah. Well, and before you take off two years to go do an MBA or... Or, or right and spend yeah. depending on where you are you know a hundred thousand dollars to do it it's worth it knowing you know what 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 it's how long it's going to take you to you'll get something back on this exactly yeah 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 so yeah so so driving t- towards um the brand value proposition so there's other homework that goes along with it and i mean a lot of this it's it's kind of jargony. So she talks about branding and what's your unique selling point, and that's and then you'll have an exercise to drill down, drill your story down to a sentence that um, 
sums up why you specifically are in a unique position to differentiate yourself from the competition. So do you speak five languages? Do you have like a rare combination of exposure to different industries that nobody else has or Mm -hmm. very few other people have? Do you have, are you a, do you have something that's like super memorable? Are you a published author? Are you an ex Olympian? I mean, these are the examples from the book. I don't think we need to hold ourselves to these standards, but, um, but the, that that would go into the unique selling uh, point. And then um, you put all of that homework together, your plan A, your unique selling point, um, and that comes up with your brand value proposition. And so all throughout all the rest of the book, it's um, how to put stuff into action. This is all like coming up with the story, coming up with the content. So just a few notes about this. This is hard work and it takes a lot of time to do. Um, it needs to, the other thing to keep in mind is, you know, depending where you are in your search, if you're actually speaking to specific people is that you need to tailor each thing to To each opportunity. To the market, to that market. Yeah. Yeah. Or even if you're in an interview stage, like, okay, you need to like go through your list of skills and like really hone down that story that you're going to tell in your interview, um, specific to that role. Um, but it's, I, I, I can see how it would be so completely worth it to do that because you, you, have, you have that narrative, you have that story to tell. And even if you don't get asked questions where you can just like rattle off, like the, the book kind of makes it seem like you're going to be in these situations and you're just going to be able to like memorize these answers and rattle them off in the supernatural Without any interruptions. And, without, yeah, uh, like this like beautiful like TED talk almost of your of your all of the points that you want to get across and, and that's certainly never going to happen but if you have those core things messages that in your head in a in a nice way that you want to make sure you get you communicate across in your interview that's um that's so much better than just like having what i what i would have done beforehand which is just having like a bullet list right right of things you're trying to remember to communicate Whereas this is like, this is like a real tool. And once you've like internalized it, it is something that you can use to answer a bunch of different questions. It almost sounds like she's encouraging you to, to know your story and tell your story. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But that, again, that's kind of like easy to say in broad strokes. Um, but she's actually like giving you tools to get to the nitty gritty. Right. Because yeah. it can be, yeah, if you start, I mean, most of us want to tell a story chronologically and, and this will mm-hmm. get, in, we'll get into the questions that managers and what they really want to know. Yeah. Um, you know, but we want to start chronologically and, and who hasn't had this happen in an interview where it's like, well, tell me about yourself or tell me, uh, tell me about your career. Mm-hmm. And so you go through chronologically, well, start here, start here, start here. But that's not really, by the sounds of what you're saying, that's not the story we should be telling. Uh, well, okay, let's talk about that question. So if, if you're in a situation where somebody says, you know, take me through your resume, um, her advice is essentially the advice that I think politicians get told, or maybe people who have gone through media training, you can tell me, um, where it's like, don't answer the question that's asked, give the answer that you want to give. Always give the answer. It doesn't matter what's asked. The best, the best people who do the, the, the experts at this yeah. will do it in a way that you don't even notice it. Right. 
which if you can get to that point, you are head and tails above everyone else. You're just head and shoulders above everyone else. You're, yeah. you're, you're A plus. So, you know, you're asked, well, what time is it? Well, the interesting thing about time is that, uh, <laughs> you know, if you could do that, then you're an expert. But yeah, that's the point. When you're trained in media, it's say what you're going to say, what you want to say. It doesn't matter what the question is. Yeah. And I think I can see how people in an interview, a job interview might feel a little bit uncomfortable with that. And so this is why I so found intimate. this. Yeah. But I, I think this is why I found this section of, of the book so helpful mm-hmm. because what she does is she says stuff like that. So, you know, walk me through your resume um, or more likely, you know, tell me about yourself. As the like, which is the opening question usually. The, yeah, the yeah. opening question, and then she gives you the interpretation of what that person is actually asking. So the questions behind the questions, and so for tell me about yourself, she says essentially, what are the top two to three skills or uh, qualities or areas of expertise that will enable you to excel in this role, and that sets you apart from other candidates I'll be interviewing. Hmm. That's. Those are completely different questions. Yes. Tell me about yourself. <laughs> yeah. But if you have, if you've done that homework, then you're able to like answer that. Tell me about yourself question, uh, or even like you know why why are you interviewing here? Yeah. You could you could give that kind of an- that same answer um, to answer both of those questions, and then you're off and running. You're already talking about your skills as opposed to. You know, again, your instinct is to go chronological. Totally, always. You know, like how much detail should I get in here? Yeah. Um, After you've been speaking for a minute and a half, you start to feel really weird about. Yeah, it's like, okay, am I getting too long? Yeah, totally. Um, So, so yes, and and walk me through your resume. It's like, don't get into a, well, I started my career in this and then I did that and then I did this. It's like, it's... um, you know anticipate the question um answer it by telling bits and pieces of your story but don't get bogged down in the details don't don't get bogged down in the chronology of it yeah interesting so it's it's like what what are the things that you really want to highlight in your experience the key points the key messages the key yeah Yeah, exactly so why don't we do a couple more questions like this um so one is uh why are you interested in this company and the question behind the question is, how do I know this isn't an impulsive career change? Mm. Um, and which, even underlying that is, how do I know you're not going to leave in a year or a few months or... It could be. Yeah. Uh, again, though, I wouldn't have gotten that from why are you No, not at all. Yeah. company. Yeah. Um, another one is, why should I hire you over another qualified candidate? And, uh, and here's where we get into the psychology a little bit. So it's like, how can I be sure you're going to work out? You know, this is a risk for me as the hiring manager. So ease my mind that hiring you will be a smart decision and that I don't have uh, to put in a ton of time in training you. So, like, again, if you're just literal in interpreting the question, you're not going to be, you're not going to address those concerns. No, and you Probably not. not. And, like, you, and you won't be playing to your audience. You'll be giving an answer for yourself, not for what they need. Potentially. I, I'm also like taking as truth that she's <laughs> interpreting the questions behind the questions yeah, correctly. Yeah, yeah. Another question is, uh, have you ever done X task or Y skill? And uh, the question behind the question on that is, I'm pretty sure you've never done this. Like I, you know, we're partway through the interview here and I know that you're a career switcher. 
Um, but I want to hear specifically how you'll be resourceful. How will your performance be, as we talked about, in front of my peers? How you you know, how you perform in front of um, my peers and our customers reflects on me. So convince me you're not going to make me look bad, mm. and reassure me that you'll quickly get up to speed and, and earn the respect of others. This is interesting. This comes right back to the hiring manager's gut again. But then there's also a lot in the book on the psychology of. Um, you being in the situation of um, dealing with imposter syndrome, of dealing with uh, the constant no's. Um, there's a chapter that's called It's Not Fair, It Really Isn't. And it's like, it's all about those types of things. Like, you know, don't expect this to go quickly. She's very realistic about how much time and effort it's going to take to do a career switch. It was just really reassuring. Um, and a little bit scary, um, because essentially the spot that I'm in is I'm, a, I'm probably doing a double, the equivalent of a double switch. Yep, which that's is the, when you described it, that's certainly what I thought. Which is the, as she talks about, the hardest thing to do and the thing that will take the most time and effort. Yep. And um, that seems to be bearing out for me. Um, and, uh, and I think her, I, if I think about if, if she was advising me, I think her advice would have been do this while you're working. As opposed to doing it while you're taking a break. Do you think that would have been possible? I, that's, that's the thing for me. I don't think it would have been. I don't think it would have been. Certainly not from... I needed to take the break in order to have the resiliency to face. Yeah. The reinvention. Like the, the, the re-entry into work for me. I don't think I would have had the energy. I don't think I would have had the drive um, to do it while I was still working. Yeah. Because, I mean, in, you're, in we're talking 50 hours plus. And then another, what, almost full-time job reinventing. Uh, that's a lot. It, yeah. It would be easy to let that slip. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It would be a very human thing to just let that work slip. Yeah. Oh, I'll do it next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no deadline here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. There's one last point that you mentioned at the beginning that I really want to touch on because I find this fascinating. The concept of keep the ball in your court. Mm-hmm. And that speaks to me because it's basically saying take responsibility if at least if i understand it right is take responsibility and and then she goes through an interesting way of taking responsibility after say a job interview which uh, i find fascinating job interview or um when you're communicating with um your network yeah which is you're never putting the responsibility on the next contact on them it's always on you so if you've had a conversation, they say, you know, give me a few weeks. Um, I want to talk to so-and-so and so-and-so, and then I'll get back to you. They'll say, sure. And if I don't, you know, then you would, you as the reinventor would say, sure, I'll, you know, let take a few weeks. I'll follow up with you the week after if I don't hear from you. So then it's incumbent on, upon you, the reinventor, to initiate that contact. And they're expecting that. And so it's not like overbearing. No, because you've told them it's because coming. Because you've told them it's coming. And uh, that, that I think, is a sophisticated way of making sure that things stay on track. Yes. Um, this, I, I don't know that I agree with. Um, she says that she thinks that rec- recruiters are not going to be helpful to switchers because recruiters are looking for an easy fit and... To whatever need they have. To, exactly. To, to making the placement as quickly as possible. Um, and that, uh, and that you're more work and so they're not going to bother with you. 
Hmm. That has not been my experience. I actually think that recruiters are have have a lot of vision and can help the hiring manager or the hiring committee or the board see the potential in people. Um, Recruiters are also often looking when they're like putting a group together of candidates. They want, you know. Some that sort of typical fit the mold, and then we'll know it's a couple that some are maybe a little some, bit different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I, again, I, my experience with recruiters is not that that they wouldn't have the vision or wouldn't have the energy to to spend on you. But interesting. Uh, well, you could see how some. Um, I won't. I hate to use the word like lazy recruiters. That would be a problem. It's like, well, they don't. I don't want to see that. Um, so I guess it could happen, but mm-hmm. I, interesting that your experience has not been that. That's uh, I, it, it was a pretty broad, like just writing off this whole avenue, which whereas, seemed a little extreme yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I think um, I think I think we found the tool <laughs> just to help. Um, it took six podcasts, but we're there. We got yeah. found the tool. <laughs> um, but it, you know, like like you said, it's it, there was a need, and I'm so glad that there's a resource out there for folks. Fantastic. So this is Switchers, yeah, by Don Graham. I keep wanting to call it Swingers, but it's Switchers. It's definitely not Swingers. Definitely not Swingers. Switchers by Don Graham, uh, and she's also available, as you said, on his TED Talk and on Lynda.com. Yeah, I haven't and checked out the Lynda.com. I did check it out briefly. Okay. Um, uh, because it's available for free, by the way, from your public library, usually. Uh, certainly from the Vancouver Public Library, which is where we record this podcast. It is available for free on their link, uh, Lynda.com. Uh, so absolutely worth checking out. Um, I only got into a bit of the first message, but I knew where it was going. Mm-hmm. So I think it could be very interesting. Um, again, on Lynda.com, switchers, Don Graham. And here on the Reinvention Chronicles, every time we give a recommendation uh, of things we like, things that bring us joy or pique our interest or bring some kind of uh, uh, different perspective on the world. And I want to talk about an author who I've liked for a long time um, and who I, I frankly don't know how new this book is, but it's new to me because I just saw it in chapters for the first time uh, last week and I bought it. Karen Armstrong. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Karen Armstrong is a uh, former nun in the Catholic Church, and she now writes about religion. I'm not a religious person myself, Mm -hmm. but she brings a knowledge, uh, almost a scientific look at religion that explains it for people like me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious about it, but I I, I don't believe. And so she's come out with a book um, called Scriptures, and and the, the title is longer than that, but it's essentially about the scriptures and how they have become, um, distorted and how they've kind of lost mm. their meeting or their meeting has wandered and ship shape shifted and 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 become what the times makes it out to be as opposed to what was written in the time that it was written and what mm. the allegory behind it should be and, and 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 what message we should be trying to get from it um as people uh and so in every book, Karen Armstrong has made me think about religion, made me think about life a different, slightly different way. I've only just started this latest one, and I can't wait to get into it. I'm in chapter one, and mm-hmm. already I'm engrossed. Yeah. Um, so Karen Armstrong, on the scriptures, is her latest book, and absolutely fantastic. High recommended. They're big books. Oh, they're huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, just to warn you. <laughs> it's going to take me a year to read I it. I'm I not... don't remember which one I, I tried, um, but I tried one 
somewhere along the way and I, I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't stick with it long enough it was it was a big thick book it was it was work um but uh but yeah no she's often on you know uh bestseller lists and yes, highly yep. recommended author yeah 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 mm-hmm. um my recommendation I'm also just at the beginning of um it's a podcast that's um, but it's like a fiction podcast. So often most of the podcasts I listen to are like the ones I've recommended in the past. So it's, you know, something out of uh, HBR and After Hours and that sort of thing. It's um, this one is just like a like an audio play. Um, and it's called Passenger List uh, from Radiotopia. And um, I am hooked. Like episode one, just listen to it. I'm hooked. Um, so if you're looking for something a bit more escapism, uh, in your podcasts, uh, or, or you've had a really long day and you just don't want to think anymore, <laughs> this would be a good one. The bus for ride that. home. Here you go. Totally. <laughs> this would be a good one for that. So it's called Passenger List. Passenger List on Radiotopia. Mm-hmm. All right. Those are recommendations. I'm Brett. I'm Sue. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.